We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. check this out right and this is a, is a good way to start the pod uh before i introduce you um i'm gonna leave this in i'm not gonna edit it out because when it comes to like i'm in group chats with my friends and like there's a running joke where they're like dude you do the, your your fucking ad reads in one take and you're you sound so professional but you can't like you can't read in the group chat i was like hey man listen you gotta know when to turn the light switch on and off you know what i'm saying 100 100 what's good man how you holding up Man, it's been good. It's been good. Excited to be here with you. Chop it up. We got a lot of cool things to go over. We are gearing up for NBA postseason. We just finished the national tournament in college basketball. What did you have in college basketball? I know you're not a huge college basketball guy, but who are you rooting for in the finals? Did you want Kansas or UNC? So here's the thing, right? Everyone knows I'm not a college basketball guy. We talked about it before I started recording. I made a couple of bets because I got two friends that one went to UConn, one went to Syracuse. They... To them, college sports is their number one. So when they agree on a pick and they're like, yo, Lamb, I like, you know, I like uh, St. Peter's catching 14 points or whatever it was and things like that, I'll, I'll tell. You know what I mean? I'm not much of a tailor on Twitter, but if it's like a friend, if you hit me up and you're like, yo, I kind of like this bet. Here's why. I'll be like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's let's get a little crazy, especially when it comes to sports that I don't know, like college. Uh, the one thing that I started doing, though is I was betting a lot of unders, a lot of unders, man. I just felt like, you know, three of 18 from three. I'm like, ugh. I felt like there was a lot of those going on. 100%, 100%. Um, up until the final four, unders were cashing like crazy. But then the final four hit, both went over. And the championship game, I know, went under. Unfortunately, I was on the wrong side. So if you took the under in that one, great play for you. I took the over in the championship, but I also had UNC. What a cover that was. Did you watch the end of that game? where the dude stepped out of bounds when he was about to get fouled and go to the line. Line was a four-point line. They're up three, steps out of bounds, about to get fouled and get the cover. So that was a bad beat for a lot of people. But for people like me, I caught a good beat on that one on UNC. But it was an awesome championship game. 
Nah, it definitely was, man. And I have some friends that you know, one of the guys shouts to Alex. He's uh, he runs the TikTok and some of the social media. He's a huge Tar Heels fan. And uh, at halftime, Oof. he was yapping. I mean, <laughs> Alex was letting me have it just because I was just, you know, like I like to start fires in group chats and just like, of course, you know of I mean? course, just to instigate a little bit. Why not? A little bit of a troll. But, uh, dude, um, are you excited for I, I know I didn't tell you about this, but like, are you excited for NBA playoffs? Because I love NBA playoff betting and mostly because I'm a big series better. OK, so I like betting a team to win in six or a team to win in five. Uh, last year, I had the Bucks sweeping the heat. They were like plus 800. And the reason why was because, you know, the bubble year. They knocked them out, sort of the revenge. And what I did, the logic behind that was like, all right, look, I'm going to money line the heat in game one, and then I'm going to bet them to lose in four, right? Talking about the heat. And the reason was because I felt like game one was going to dictate the series. You know, like last time you faced them, I'm pretty sure they beat them like three out of four in that regular season too. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. So there was like a lot of just like, yo, is Miami the Bucks' daddy kind of thing? And then lo and behold, they sweep them. They end up winning the finals. But like, what's your uh, what's your vibe like for NBA betting? Like in the playoffs, you got any strategies? Anything you look at? Yeah. So first off, when it comes to going into NBA, NBA is my favorite sport to bet. It, there's just so many different offerings in basketball. You have props. You have first half. You have full game. You can do live player props, which for me, live player props are a complete blessing. Absolutely love those. I'm not a big series better, though. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big take by how many games. I'm more into the the daily approach to it. Since, as you know, I do have a show daily where I kind of go over NBA every single day, break down the whole slate. So my forte is sticking to the daily operation. But what I like to do is I do like to look at public betting percentages in the playoffs. I'm not a huge regular season public betting percentage guy. I always know the information. But in the playoffs, I feel the lines are so much sharper. You always see games end within one to two points, not always, but a lot more frequently than you do in the regular season. The books get super sharp. So public action is a big thing for me. I do like using the action app. I'm not sponsored by them, just I do like their product. And I like to see big plus money teams. So for example, if you look at today's board, you'll see the Hawks are getting 10 points against the Wizards. If this was a playoff spot, I would instantly target the Wizards as a team that I would want to play because they're getting a full 10 points. If the public was, let's say, 90% on the Hawks and 10% on the Wizards, I would 100% be on the Wizards plus the 10. That's one of my favorite playoff basketball strategies. Yeah, so that's that's the big difference with me. I, I love futures, man. I am I, I love, you know, on a... When it comes to like the NFL and even the NBA, like I, I bet I bet Jason Tatum in the beginning of the year, 30 to one to win MVP. Obviously, he's not going to win it. The last two months was the Tatum that I was betting on. Right. Like that's the Tatum 100%. I thought I was going to get all year. But I love, you know, I have a Suns Bucks 18 to one ticket to be the finals again. I bet that back in December. I got some stock on the Grizzlies. Got the okay. Grizzlies to win the West. Um a lot heavier on Suns and Bucks stuff, but got a little sprinkle to Grizzlies, a little sprinkle on the heat. But for the most part, I like the long-term stuff, you know, lay 50 bucks for, for 800 as opposed to picking game to game. Though in the playoffs, one thing I do like is when a team gets blown out, say in game one, if the Bucks play the heat and the Bucks get throttled by 30, 
I'm taking Milwaukee in game two almost 100%. blindly and by default. Like, whatever you tell me the line is, I'm taking them because to your point, right? Like, you see games be a lot closer. And I, I think one of the big reasons why is because in the playoffs, you're playing the same team for four games minimum. In some situations, you're playing them for about two weeks. You're, you're not being surprised by anything. You know what they like to do. You know what you like to do. And then eventually there's like a pride thing too, right? Like you're not going to get thumped out back-to-back games. So that's kind of what, what when I do game-to-game NBA stuff, that's kind of my approach. I like that. I like that. I want to ask you though, because as an everyday better, my audience is not looking to have their liquid cash tied up in a season-long bet. That's why it's difficult for me to put that with a lot of those type of bets because a lot of the daily gamblers on Twitter, they don't have a huge bankroll to be laying four or 500 bucks, having all that money tied up. So I don't spend too much money, but for some, or it's too much time on that. But for someone who does, what do you look for in your futures? What's your kind of secret sauce when you look, if you wanted to take, like, let's say, for example, you took Jason Tatum earlier in the year, like you said, what gave you the inclination to take Tatum this year? What was kind of your tip on that? So, I mean, that's a fantastic question, right? Like when it comes to NBA MVP, one of the things I like doing is I never bet the favorite. I, I very rarely bet the chalk pick for anything because um, over time it just is it doesn't happen. Right. Like it's very rare where it happens. Value's not there. Value's not the there value's the not there. And also when everyone's on it, it's a little concerning. Right. Like I, I'm pretty sure when it comes to the Heisman in the last 10 Heisman winners, none have been the preseason favorite. So it's always like I'm talking about like the top guy. Right. And, yep. and I'm pretty sure like seven of the last 10. It wasn't a top five candidate coming into the year. So like when I'm looking at that, I kind of like who's who are the guys that have been building towards being all NBA guys? Who are the guys on a team that could be a top three or four seed? Because you need to have that as well. And then I look at the value, right? Like I was on Trey Young coming off the playoffs, went to the conference finals. I like this Hawks team, a bad L on my part. I had them winning the East at like 50 to one. So that was donations to FanDuel. <laughs> You're welcome. And, and then I'm looking at like Boston. I'm like, look, I think there's a path where Boston is a younger team. These young teams really care about the regular season, right? Historically, you look at teams like the Spurs in the past and even like the Warriors where they're like, you know, what? let's just get in healthy, man. We don't care about what seed you got to go through us anyway. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of what led me to Tatum. And and I'm also a little biased because I am a Tatum guy. I think he's one of the guys crunch time could get his own bucket. Like he could give you 30 on a bad day. And he also had that performance in the playoffs against the Nets where he dropped 50 in the only game that the Nets lost to the Celtics too. So like I'm looking at it at 30 to one. I'm like, you know, he, he could win the scoring title potentially. Like he checked a lot of the boxes. So that's kind of what I look at, right? Like that team makes success, sense. team success is big. So those are some of my approaches when it comes to that. Now, one of the reasons why I have you on is because this was around the time when I made some, I don't call them bets. I call them financial investments on, okay, uh, okay. on, on the LA Rams to win the Super Bowl last year. It was around mid-April. And I just want to pick your brain, man, very early. These takes are not going to be redistributed uh, <laughs> come Super Bowl time unless we're on to them. You know, we'll have those tweets resurface. But what do you look at 
when it comes to futures in the NFL? I know you're not much of a, a futures guy from what you said. You like the week to week stuff, but like, say you're looking at Super Bowl markets right now. Like, how soon do you make your official pick to the season? Are you looking at things to try to find some numbers? Like, what's your approach to this? So one thing I like to do is I will parlay on FanDuel different division winners and conference winners and come up with a parlay like that. So I do really enjoy doing that, but I make all of my bets after the NFL draft. I feel that we get a lot of information for the year. We can kind of see where the team's mentality is going to be. For example, you look at a team like San Fran last year where they drafted a quarterback. It's not a good example here, but after that, a lot of people immediately thought they were going to have a slow season because they were going to kind of use Jimmy G work in the new quarterback into the new system. They still went deep in the year, but you kind of got a good sense of what they were planning to do by their draft approach. So I like to see what teams are doing by their draft approach. Are they trading back? Or are they taking a young quarterback to try and groom for the future? So that's my best approach when going for it. But I, like I said, I really do like doing the difference, different uh, divisional winners and putting a bet out that way. For example, right now, you're taking a look at the AFC North. You see that the Browns are plus 185 as the favorite. They see the Rams or the Ravens at plus 200, Bengals at plus 220, and the Steelers at plus 850. I think that's a, a division where you have some value because every single team is in the plus money. There's no clear-cut favorite, and you have all teams that are in the same realm. So I think there's parlay opportunities with stuff in this kind of value. I love it. I love that. Cause that's something I like doing too. always throw a nice, like 25, 50 spot on, you know, five division winners. Right. That's something I like looking at. And, you know, for me, I hear what you're saying about teams like the Niners, but when I have established teams that don't need a quarterback, like there were questions about San Fran coming into the, the year last year about like, what are they going to do at quarterback? And even there was an option about them potentially drafting one. But what I like doing, if I'm going to bet on a team, I need to know that without no hesitation, I know who the quarterback is. And I know that sounds very broad, but I think it's also important, right? Like Cleveland at 18 to one, we don't know how long the suspension is going to be for Watson. They're saying six or saying eight. So like, say it's a six game suspension. We don't know what the schedule is, which is when I like really making my bets. If I'm being honest with you, Last year, I got a little bit too excited because I've always been a Stafford guy. I've always felt like Stafford was severely disrespected. And when he went to the Rams, I was like, yo, he's the missing piece. I jumped on them immediately. But you said around the draft, I'm more so around the schedule. When the schedule comes out that weekend, I I stay home, legit, stay home that weekend. (laughs) And I'm circling the the rough spots. Like, like, are you going to have those five division games in six weeks? with no buy in between? Or are you having a five-week stretch where you're not playing at home? Are you opening up your season? Are you a – no, you're a Giants fan, right? Unfortunately, unfortunately. (laughs) Me too, brother. So we're in the same same boat. But if you remember, uh, there was a Jets season. I always bring it up as a prime example. The Jets, it was a Geno Smith year. It's like 2013. Rex Ryan might have still been there. I'm pretty sure Rex Ryan was there. But they open up their first nine weeks, and it's like Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson. It's like you're the worst quarterback you played was like Matt Ryan in that stretch. Like and that's brutal. And, and then before you know it, they're one and seven. And it's like, all right, any optimism you had about the Jets. So for me, when it comes to to betting on futures, I need the schedule out first. 
And then I also need to know that, all right, I know what Denver is doing at quarterback. I know what Tampa Bay is doing at quarterback. And then from there, I go down the board and I try to look for spots. That makes sense. So you have your own kind of secret recipe. Step number one of the recipe is you need to know the quarterback. If you you know the quarterback situation, it's good, which I totally agree with you. I think obviously we all know most important thing to any team is the quarterback and the offensive line. So if they have a good combo, there, totally with you. And the second step to your cake of betting long-term and for futures is that you need to know the schedule. So those are the first two steps in finding it. I like that as well. I don't really go through the schedule and do that. So that's something I'll incorporate myself. I look who they play as a whole and I look at their strength of schedule, but I don't per se look each week how how their run is going to be. So that's something that's going to help me there for sure. I like that. So I, I want to give you an example. Just This is going to be a complete hypothetical, but one thing that I'm looking at, a team that I am foaming at the mouth at are the Chargers. Me too. They're 15 to one right now on FanDuel. They're upwards of 19 to one in some other spots that you get some good numbers at. Here's the thing. Their division is tough. We know this, but they got a dog at quarterback. Herbert, everyone that follows me knows about my, you know, you could, you could hear the boner at the bottom of the table right now. Just slamming when I think of Justin Herbert. That's my guy. Should have been the Giants quarterback. We'll Don't get that. me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> good, good. So we agree on a lot of things, right? So yes. here's the thing about like the Chargers. The Chargers will be an example of a team where I want to see the schedule and I want to see if their first four games are Bills, Rams, Chiefs, Jets, and maybe through the first quarter of the season, they're one and three. And then maybe we see the rest of the schedule is like your Jaguars, your Texans, your Bears, your Lions, and then it eases up. Maybe then I could get them at 25 to one. So another thing I like doing and why I think the schedule is so important and why I do wait a little bit, right? Like I have an idea of the teams I'm going to bet, but I do like waiting for the schedule because a team like the Rams, what happens if they come out the first six weeks and you're playing the win-loss game and you're like, man, as someone betting on the charges, uh, uh, at, at worst, I hope they're two and four, right? Like you don't want to get too buried, but that's kind of my approach. And, and for me right now, the team that checks the boxes are the Chargers, right? They're going to be playing a third place schedule, which I think is very important. You're going to be avoiding your Buffaloes. You're going to be avoiding your Cincinnati Bengals, right? You're going to be playing teams that are a third place schedule. And I think they loaded up in free agency. They got the best corner. They got Khalil Mack. I think they're going to kill it in the draft because they've been doing that the last couple of years. Yes, they have. And I think Herbert's looking at the landscape of the AFC and it's like, all right, everyone's talking about Burrow. Everyone now is talking about Tua because they got Tyreek Hill. And like, yo, Actually, I just don't get me started on that. That makes no <laughs> sense to me. That deal makes absolutely no sense when you have uh, Waddle there. Just makes no sense. But apologies. No, no, you're good, man. I like the passion there. Right. And then you're looking at like, everyone now is talking about Russell Wilson. And, and it came down to an overtime game that we should have been in the playoffs. And who knows what happens? So I just love the Chargers right now, man. My, my early April pick are the L.A. Chargers. What do you how do you feel about the Chargers? What are you looking at also? I absolutely love the Chargers. It's hard, though, to to take an AFC team right now with knowing how hard the road is. I mean, you take a look at the the AFC West. The Chiefs have improved. The Chargers have improved. The Broncos have improved. And arguably the Raiders have improved. They've done a lot of moves as well. So that division to me is the hardest division I have ever seen and the most competitive 
and toughest division in NFL that I've ever seen in my entire life. I think that one division is just so loaded up that it's tough to take a team because all year they're going to have to battle. They're going to take some bruises. It's going to be an emotionally high season. But to your point, having a third place schedule is absolutely crucial for them. They do avoid some of those big dogs. So I definitely love the Chargers. I am taking them to win the division as well in the AFC West at plus 250. You can get down on FanDuel. I think that's a great value play. It's one of the few that you can get a plus 240, plus 250, and have a realistic, good feeling going into that bet. You take a look at all the other projected winners. You take a look at, let's say, the AFC South. You have the Colts coming in at a plus 110 and the Titans plus 125. You know, that's not as much value, but you see the Chargers at a plus 250. That's juicy, so I'm definitely going to be putting a little bit down on that. I know this is going to be a bad thing to say. We just talked about not taking big favorites, all that. I think it's the Bills year. I really do. I really think it's the Bills year this year. I think they've been coming, and the way they've improved every year, I think we're going to see that continue with Josh Allen. This team's only gotten better. They keep adding pieces to that team, and I think they are going to take that next level. So I truthfully think the Bills are going to win. I am going to have a ticket on that. I know they're the biggest favorite on the board. I hate to say that at plus 650. But if there's more dog teams that I do like right now, I think you have to target the NFC because Mm. there's a lot of wiggle room in the NFC. The AFC is so loaded and the NFC really is only a couple major players this year that I realistically think have a chance. I think the Bucs are in that range. I think the Rams are in that range. I think the Packers are in that range. I don't think the 49ers are in that range and I don't really think the Cowboys. So to me, it's a three team race between the Bucs, the Rams and the Packers. And it's hard to not have a ticket on the Rams, kind of like you did last year. The Rams are looking poised that they can do it again. They've had some big additions to that team. So plus 1,100 on the Rams to win it all is something I'm eyeing as well. Now, you bring up a good point about the AFC being so loaded because another team that I think is interesting playing a fourth-place schedule this year. And look, at one point, they were the one seed in the AFC, and it's Baltimore. They just had like every season – a team has this season from hell, right? It was the Niners after they went to the Super Bowl, where by week four, they lost like 15 starters to injury. Yep. And then last year was the Ravens. They Their entire secondary, uh, they didn't have Bateman. They lost Dobbins in the preseason. Lamar goes down. And I know Huntley was, was cool. He was a little bit of a revelation, but it's still your backup quarterback, right? 100%. And throughout all that, you still almost had a chance to make the playoffs. I think they're super interesting at 21 to one odds to win the Super Bowl. But the AFC is just so stacked, right? Like, honestly, man, I think there's like four teams that I would, I wouldn't throw money on to win the AFC if you gave it to me, right? And it's like the Jets, it's the Jaguars, it's the Texans, and, and like even Pittsburgh. I think everyone else I can see, I can see maybe getting there. When When it comes to the NFC, I really think it's, I think it's Tampa Bay, man, because for as much as I like the Rams, it's hard to go back there again. We've seen it. It's hard to repeat. Yeah, the Chiefs went back to back Super Bowl appearances, won one, lost the other. But you're looking at the NFC. Everyone has gotten worse. Everyone. Every single team has gotten worse in the NFC. And the Rams, they haven't gotten worse, but. You've already like blown your load on winning the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like that hunger is not there. And yeah, I know the building process was these next two years that got to happen. Well, it happened in year one. Yeah. And Von Richard. Miller's not there now. 
Odell isn't going to be there. I know he hasn't signed yet, but I don't think they're bringing him back with Allen Robinson. Who did they get for his replacement back? again? Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. That's exactly. The, that's such a big signing. And people forget they're getting Robert Woods back. So, I mean, they do have some weapons being added that weren't necessarily on the field last year for that Super Bowl run. I mean, I know well, they lost the Von Millers, but, I mean, uh, he was effective, but he's not Von Miller of old days. He's really not. So, if you can get another player in there to replicate his production, do you see them having any chance? I mean, I know it's so hard to go to the Super Bowl twice in a row, but the competition is so weak in the NFC. Yeah. I mean, well, that's let's the say only the Bucs get knocked down. Yeah, that's the 100%. only out that you would give them, yeah. And what, what if Tom Brady goes down? I mean, he's 872 years old now. They have players in there coming off injury. You know, the line could break down. Well, you know, if, if the Bucs get broken down here and the Bucs aren't able to make a deep run, it's a two-team race between the Rams and the Packers. Yeah. And we all see what the Packers have done in the playoffs. I don't know what's going on there. Rodgers, once it hits the playoffs, he's a different quarterback. It just doesn't make sense what's going on in Green Bay. But it's hard to count the Rams out with some of the pieces they had. I think Allen Robinson is such a great ad for that team. He's got short hands. He's a good route runner. And he put Robert Woods back in the mix. Would it shock you to see them back in the Super Bowl? Well, you, you might have missed it because it happened when all the chaos and free agency was going down. Woods is on the Titans now. Well, good point by me there. So then, yeah, then that's a big loss. I thought he was coming back. Well, yeah, but they bring back Van Jefferson. They got Cooper Cup. They got, uh, I mean, uh, Tutu Atwell, which they spent the second round pick on him last year. He was like a Deshaun Jackson clone. We didn't see him at all. And dude runs like a 3940. I'm exaggerating, but he's a. I remember Tutu Atwell. He's fast. Like, dude, his entire draft tape was just like 60 yard bombs he was catching left and right. But I think just like the hunger of going back, I can see that not being the same, right? Especially when with Stafford I'm, at QB. I mean, when he's I'm, gotten it. Right. And and when I'm looking at the NFC, I just think like it's Tampa Bay. There's no one else that Dallas I don't trust. And it's not even being a cowboy hater, but like I'm tired of hearing about that shit all year. And then when the big moments come, like that's the first time that us two connected. We were yep. in the city watching that game and. I just remember saying, like, oh, man, this team is just, like, awful. Like, it, it's You just nailed same, that one. I remember you shit. you nailed that prediction. You had that game so perfectly read. I was in the Cowboys in that one. I was so frustrated. So props to you. You absolutely nailed that read in that game. Yeah, that one was just – it because so, like, around week nine, I, I coined it the, the first-round bounce parlay. And it was whoever the Cardinals, Cowboys, and Patriots play, we're taking the other teams. And – it just so happened that th- two of the three games, they were home teams, but still like Buffalo routed them. The the Rams routed the Cardinals and then the Niners kind of controlled that entire game. I know we got a little frisky at the end, but for the most part, entire so, game. Yeah. Is there is there any like everyone's going to want to find the, the Bengals of last year, right? Like everyone's going to want to find that 100 to 1, 80 to 1 long shot. Am I crazy? Am I crazy for thinking? Because I feel like the division could be a little open. I like Doug Peterson, man. And he's now, I'm a big believer in, if you have a young quarterback, he needs an offensive guy, especially early on, unless you're the rare breed of like Andrew Luck, who was winning it with with him calling in plays. But I think the Jaguars... Uh, like to win the division, at least they're plus 700. 
I mean, Tannehill, all right, whatever. Matt Ryan going to the Colts, I, I like it. I think the Colts could be interesting, but man, for, for there's always there's always that team, right? There's always a team that is like last that goes to first. We've seen it time and time again, or at least makes the playoffs. There's something about Jack, the Jacksonville man. They're they're reaching out to you. You're feeling something with them this year. I didn't like that they spent like half a billion dollars in free agency and only one move made sense to me, but I, I do like the Jaguars just as a little, a little something. A sprinkle play, a sprinkle play. I do like that. Plus 700 is value. That's where you're going to get a lot of value where you can take some shots and you can put low money to get a big return. That's a team I think that definitely has a chance. I'm going to be heavily on the Colts this year. Just being honest, I think they're still going to have that, that powerful offensive line adding Matt Ryan into the mix as well as with their running game. I still think they're going to be the best team in the division, but if if the Jaguars were to win the AFC South, would I be shocked? Yes, but not as shocked as other options on the board. So I definitely think there is a little bit of value there. Any other long shots that you're eyeing? I'm taking a look down the list now and trying to see if there's any other ones I like besides the obvious Giants plus 650. I'm kidding there. We don't have a shot in hell, but do you think the Cardinals have a shot as the team that's close to a plus 300, plus 270? They're a team that you could get a little bit of value. And for long shots, oh, God, there's not really many. I mean, how do you feel about the Raiders? Do you think they have had – but they're in the division of death. There's no yeah, chance so, out of that division. So I feel like the logical one, like if you had to pick – you if you had to pick the team with the widest odds in all the divisions – I think the one you would pick would be the Raiders because they're the best team exactly. with the longest odds. And they made the playoffs last year. And they have, I like to say, an adult at quarterback. And I just that's mean a like point. a guy that's not going to give you any headaches and you know is reliable. So I would say the Raiders at plus 700 would be the one. But what you said, dude, that division is just, it's it's a bar fight, right? Like that division. How are they going to make it out of it? How are they going to, like, like when you really dissect it and take a look, are they going to beat the Chiefs? Maybe. Are they going to beat the Chargers? Maybe. Are they going to beat the Broncos? Maybe. But are they going to beat the Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos? I can't say that there's maybe to that. To me, there's just no way. All of those teams are so much better. But they have talent, the Raiders. So I can see why people would like that. It's a sexy, it's a sexy pick with those odds at the plus 700 because there is a shot. If they were in any other division, any other, I'd say they have a shot. It's just so tough in that one. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I've been building a little bit of a parlay right here, and maybe we could give it out. Let's see what you think about this. Division winners, okay. right? Let's, let's do let's that. Do I'm going to make a graphics for this. All right. Bucks to win the South. Absolutely. Packers to win the North. Yep. That's what I will have. Chargers to win the West. I'm with it. I'm with it. I think you'll be with it on this one, too, because you said how much you like them. What about the Colts? I love the Colts this year. I absolutely love the Colts. This is where things always get dangerous because you say, ah, this is a definite, but Bills to win the division. Yep, yep. All right. And then for a 67 to 1 payout, the Baltimore Ravens playing a fourth place schedule at plus 200, a six leg division winner parlay plus 67. Oh, man, man. Plus, I just clicked it with you. Plus 6702. Yeah. And you know what? 
Those are the exact teams. If I were to take this today, if I were to pick every single division winner, I 100% agree with you. Who's picking the Browns? I mean, realistically, and, uh, and how think, do they have the best odds here? It yeah, it's it, it makes no sense. It's a it's a stay away from me. I will not be betting on anything Browns related unless it's game to game. And it's when Watson comes back and I've seen 100%. them mesh. But as far as like future propositions, no way. And look, also, we're picking three new division winners. Yep. Right. Like. Bucks, Packers, Bills won their division, but the Ravens didn't last year. The Colts didn't last year. The Chargers didn't last year. And, and it's hard to repeat as a division winner for the most part. And I think this is this is a little interesting, man. I'm definitely going to make a graphic, send it over I'm to you. I'm definitely playing it. I'm definitely say, playing it. Yeah, we got to do it, man. It's the it's the Alpha Dog VM collab parlay for the, for the I mean, division. bro. If we're doing this, we got to go all in. There's two divisions left. We can't just leave out two divisions from this. Do you think you want to add the Rams to this? Rams would be who I would pick, right? But then the East, I mean, you know, you don't need to. We can't do it to ourselves. We can't do it. to As a Giants fan, I know it's not going to be the Giants, and I'm for sure not putting my hard-earned money on the Dallas Cowboys. And, I mean, I don't think it's the Eagles or the Washington, whatever the hell they are now. So, I mean, I can't take touch either of those teams. Uh, for, side note, side note, I have to ask, what do you think about the name for Washington? Don't you think the Washington Sentinels, if they would have brought back the replacement's name from the movie, little Shane Falco action, would have been such a slam dunk of a team name. How do you go with the Commanders? Well, I thought the the coolest name would have been to call them the the pigskins. So you can that just, would have been cool. So you just leave the 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 nickname of the skins, right? Like you, you know, you just leave the skins, keep the merch. Like I have a buddy, my buddy Josh, he's a big Washington fan. I kind of got sold on the Washington football team. I know it was that lame at bad. first. I know it was bad. lame at first, but then when you hear commanders, you're like, yo, give me the WFT, baby. 100%. 100%. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. But I, I think we should we should not get too crazy. I think we leave it at six, man. I know you want to pick all, all eight, but I think 67 to one odds. All right. We got you know what bills. it comes to if you add the Rams just just, just for, for talking points. You know what the odds go to? Yeah, it's like another 10K. It's <laughs> plus 17,000. Yeah. Oh, All right, so I'm going to be honest. I'm going to do two variations of this. I'm going to do ours directly. We're keeping the clap, but I'm adding the Rams, people. I got to do it to add the 10,000 juice for my own sake. I, I wouldn't be happy unless I did that. So I'm going to have two of them. I'm doing ours and adding the Rams for a second one and not touching the NFC East. So, so this, would, this would be an example of, like, it's never good enough, where if, if the sixth division, <laughs> exactly. if we were to exactly. hit this 67 to 1, and like I hit you up, I'm like, yo, bro, we just hit this parlay. And then like a couple hours later, the Rams clinch the division. You reply back like, yo, go fuck yourself. It's like, bro, what? We just hit this parlay. I that's promise always- I'm not gonna text you that, bro. I'll be excited. <laughs> We're gonna hit both of these bad boys. I'm learning from you, man. You're the futures expert. I like how you do this. So you're teaching me here. Yeah, man. When when the regular season schedule comes out, I believe that should be in like six weeks. It's usually the middle of May. That's when there'll be an even deeper dive because you're going to see the spots. You're going to see that Sunday night football game on the road, and then you play Sunday 1 o'clock and then followed up by a Thursday night football game. And you're like, holy hell, you've just played three games in 10 days. And 
you know, after getting a chance to work with Will Blackman and, and picking his brain, uh, I think my favorite thing about that show that I was doing with Will was like, I was the degenerate gambler, bought the betting insight, but he was the pro. So I would ask him like, dude, you know, I try to paint all these narratives in my head to try to gain an edge. Like, how is it playing Thursday night football? Do you, do you, I, I call it the, the sandwich spot. People call it a trap game, but it's like, all right, you're the Bengals. You're playing the Ravens. Then it's the Jets. Then it's the Steelers. The Jets are sandwiched in between two division games. You actually saw the Bengals drop that game as like an 11-point favorite in MetLife when it was yep. the franchise Mike White was slinging the rock around. And what it's like, that was. But, that was, but that was sandwiched in between two division games. And he's like, yo, you know what? We, we've never coined it a trap game or a division game, but he's like, it makes sense now because sometimes you'll see guys' preparation in the locker room be like, oh, man, we got the Jaguars. Like, where we at after? Like, where are we going yep. to the club or whatever it might be? So it was cool to learn some of those things. And one thing he told me also was like, you know, players do the same thing that that you fans do. Like, man, I just spent nine years in Green Bay. Oh, oh, I play them week three. I bet I'm going to be ready for that. So 100%. it was cool to, to pick his brain there. So there'll be more stuff come schedule release. I think that's when that's when you could get a better understanding of the schedule. I like it. I like it. One question I have to you for the futures guy. NFL way too early. MVP odds are up. Do you like anything yet? Yeah, I know the schedule is not out yet, but do you kind of have your MVP favorite already for next season? What are you thinking? I mean, dude, have you not been paying attention to what I've been telling you about Justin Herbert? I had a feeling you were going to say it, but I had I, to preface it the right way. I didn't want to lead with that. I uh, I bet him last year, and I will bet him every year until he gets one. I yeah, just he need definitely to. We'll get one one day. I, I think I think all kidding aside, I think this guy is sensational. Um, I'm a big fan of his going back to Oregon. I think the team is stacked. I think they'll have some more team success. The offense is catered for him to put up big numbers. He has a running back out the backfield that can produce for him too. He's 10 to one right now on DraftKings. He's 11 to one. I believe that's points bet that I'm seeing. So like, okay. he's just a guy who to keep it completely honest with you, when he does win MVP, I need to just be able to do the screenshot life saying that I bet him. So I would be blindly betting Justin Herbert to win it. But I also think that, you know, I'd much rather bet the Chargers to win the Super Bowl than I would to bet him to win MVP. 100%. I agree with that. I would 100% agree with that. I have a question, though. Here's a good one. We're looking down the list of potential MVPs in next year. Any, any names stick out in the plus 7,500 range? What do you think about our boy Danny Dimes? How the hell does he have a plus 7,500 odds to win MVP, how does Daniel Jones have better odds than Debo Samuel and Devontae Adams? Well, the, <laughs> the only reason why is because of the position he plays. Of course, but it's Daniel Jones. Bro. <laughs> I get it. I get it, man. And as, as someone who, you know, I was campaigning. I put out a video uh, during the season around like week 10. I had my buddy Impy on and I was just like, hey, man, look, he's not going to win it, but I would vote for Cooper Cup to be MVP. He's like, nah, man. Why do I was like, look, I get it, but he's on pace to shatter all the records, right? Gonna win the triple crown. He's had monster games, even when Stafford goes like 263, two touchdowns and an interception. And he was clearly, I felt like, the best player from week one all throughout the season. And it's just weird that if Randy Moss didn't win MVP the year he scored 23 touchdowns. 
yep. because Brady threw 50. It's like no no wide receiver is ever going to win it. And I think Cooper Cup came close to it. So, like, off the top, anyone other than quarterback, it's been 10 straight quarterbacks. Or nine. Yep. I think it's nine straight. AP was nine. the last one. So, to answer your question, Daniel Jones, like, nah, don't do that. Uh, don't don't do that. Even if even if you knew you do have Dable now and he could turn it around, I just think like it. No, you know what would be dope if you think Daniel Jones has a a comeback season? Why not Dable for Coach of the Year? I love that. that. Sixteen to one, right? Like all you really need to do is get to like nine wins if you're the Giants, and for how bad the NFC is, maybe you come in as like the seventh seed. I think you have your Coach of the Year right there. That would be a blessing. As a Giants fan, if that plays out how it does, I will be very happy. And then Off you give the record. Us, then you give us Brady and the Bucks in round one. Oh, we would eat them up if we had a good year. <laughs> I'm so convinced Brady's not beating the Giants in the playoffs ever. But um, back, to, I want to talk about our Giants a little bit. You know, both Giant fans. Do you think Daniel Jones is the guy? This is his last shot. Do you think this is the last year we'll see him in New York or, or what? Yeah, I think it's the last year, man. I think it's the last year. Um, the thing is, is that they, they're going to try to fix it with Dable because look, let's, let's be honest. Josh Allen was not the Josh Allen the last two years until Dable got there. When Dable got 100%. there, things really turned around and you're like, Oh shit, this guy, I might, I might pick him first. Like I played a game with my friend. I was like, dude, if you knew for certain this quarterback was going to have his a plus game, is there anyone you would take over Josh Allen? And we couldn't, we couldn't agree to one. Like we're talking about the running, the throwing, the no turnovers. Like if you knew for certain he was going to have his perfect game, there's not a better quarterback in the league than him. So, but he wasn't like that until Dable got there. I think what happens with Daniel Jones is they're going to try to revive him. I don't think it's going to happen because in three years, it's, it's not only that it's a lot of turnovers. It's also, it's the same kind of turnover, right? Like if in year one, you're getting the, five Mississippi, six Mississippi, and you're getting sacked. And as you're getting sacked, you're trying to throw it into double coverage. Like, and those haven't improved or been cut back. Then it's like, man, you're never going to change. hundred percent. I agree with you a hundred percent. I'm happy to, my opinion is I'm happy to give him one more year. What do we really expect out of this team this year? As a giant fan, I expect nothing. I just want to see better football. I don't want to see third and 27 at our own three-yard line, and Jake Fromm is doing a QB sneak with 17 linemen pushing. I can't watch that again. I, I physically and emotionally, mentally, I, I can't do that again. So if we see better football, I'm happy to give Daniel Jones one more year. I'm happy to be bad again this year, too, and potentially go after the Alabama quarterback. So more to come on our Giants this year. Just had to touch about it. I had a feeling you were going to say that. I think he's the real deal, though. No, I, until proven otherwise, I get, give me a guy from a low end power five school than Alabama quarterbacks. I just they they just haven't panned out. All you're doing is playing with five star recruits and first round picks. I'm I'm of not a, I'm not a fan of uh, those Bama guys. But look, everyone's different. Mac right? Jones, though, Mac Jones has been all right. He's looked like the real deal. Tua is garbage. I'm going to put that out there. I say this on every show that I'm on. I don't understand why the Dolphins are so fixated on Tua right now. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I would not build around him. And you're getting pieces in Miami right now that don't make sense for Tua. Like Tyreek 
and Waddle with Tua at quarterback makes absolutely zero sense. You need a deep ball passer to take him over the top and open up the underneath game. It just does not do that with yeah. Tua there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this new guy from San Fran plays it because they've led the NFL in yak the last four years. Yep. And if you think about it, like, yeah, Tua can't throw deep, but can he just give the ball to Tyreek and Waddle in some way? You know, one thing that that really resonated with me in the playoff run for a lot of teams was just we're not trying to get Debo Samuel 8 to 12 targets. We want to get him 8 to 12 touches. However, we can manufacture those. Like, let's get the ball in our best players' hands. And look, man, if we go back to the Super Bowl, I know I mentioned Cooper Cup before, but Cooper Cup on that fourth and one got to end around. And it's like, let's just put the ball in the in the belly of our best guy and whatever happens. I like so that. I'm looking forward to having the schedule come out. Maybe we could reconnect. We could do some stuff and talk about it more. Absolutely. But uh, this was fun, man. We, we talked about it the first time we linked up about doing this and i mean right before we started recording i was like fuck man that was like three months ago dude it was a while ago that was for that uh nfl playoff game we were together it's been an absolute blast man appreciate having you on we'd love to get some more working with you so i think the people will see some more from us going forward let's do it man where give the people uh the the hashtags the twitter handles like what where can they find you and, and what you guys are doing over there absolutely so i'm over at uh, alpha dog bets i run that that page that's fully me but we also have a media company started which we're hoping to get you a part of soon that's called the ats spot exactly i think it'd be spelled ats spot and i'm alpha dog bets i work with guys like hefe pick slam the bookie and big brain bets we're bringing a lot of different content out there so Keep tuned for our pages and we have some great stuff coming out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.